Hi everybody, Tyler here. I'm going to try not to make a habit of putting things before the show. However, in this episode, when we get to our news section, we do talk about uh, an article that was going around at the time with Billy D. Williams possibly being gender fluid. Uh, the day after we recorded this, he clarified the remarks that he made in that Esquire interview. And that is not so much the case. Uh, I don't want to turn this into its own segment, especially without my co-host here. Uh, so if you're interested at all, go ahead and go Google that. You can see exactly how he clarified it and learn some more about such an amazing man. However, I felt it was important to bring it up since matters of identity, and especially things like gender identity, are important and often sensitive or personal to people. And the point that our amazing guest Yui eventually makes is, if you don't know, go to they until corrected, if that correction ever comes. Uh, even if you think you know, you might get corrected. And so I'd like to add on to that, don't be a dick. Uh, ultimately, we should all get to be who we are. It's that simple. Uh, but now, and on the subject of Yui, we mention it towards the end, but go check out their art. We will have it linked on the episode page. You can find the art without the link by searching for Fawnhouse Designs over on the social medias. Um... Art is awesome, especially this art. Yui's awesome. Now to the episode. General Nerdery. Welcome to General Nerdery. We're your generals of nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. And today we have our very first special guest, Eustacia. Hello. Also, I'm meeting you for the first time today. I mean, hi. we met earlier, like 20 minutes ago, yeah. 30 minutes ago. But hi, welcome nice to the show. It's nice to finally meet you. <laughs> I just popped up with my roommate being like, they're going to take pictures. I'm here and now. And be on the show, because we're going to talk about Star Wars today. And damn, if I can't talk about Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I, well, we're eventually going to talk about Star uh, Wars today. <laughs> we got shit to get to. <laughs> not the most exciting shit. I'm the one bringing the news, and I'm not impressed, but... It's that time of the year. Shows are in the middle of seasons, so nobody's wanting to spoil well, too much. Well, it was just Thanksgiving last week, uh, so it's not like we're exactly on top of everything. And we're in that weird dead space before the new Star Wars comes out, so... Mm. No one wants to talk about anything, so... Other than the TV spots are starting up, and TV spots are like the only trailers I avoid. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm trying not to watch any of the TV spots. I've watched the trailer, the international trailer... That's really more than I need going in, and every time I see Prince General Leia, I almost cry. R.I.P. Oh, I am going to sob in that movie theater, and I'm not remotely sorry about it. Yeah, no, it's not going to be pretty. I think a lot of people are not going to be pretty in that movie theater. <laughs> oh, my fiance Cece is just going to be a blubbering mess. It's going to be so cute, and she's going to kill me for saying that. Oh, oh. cry for Star Wars 2019. <laughs> it's going to be like that opening to Captain Marvel with the stand. Oh, yep, that got yeah. me. I was like, oh, okay, this is probably going to be a decent movie. They open with that. I'm like, oh, God, why did you do this to me? <laughs> well, beforehand, I was like, you know, Stan is, I like Stan, but, like, I, I've read too much comic history to not be aware that Stan kind of sucks, and then it popped up, and I was like, my general. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. 
So and should I get into the news? The news. There we go. We still have to do bumpers at some point. Uh, it's like we don't know what we're doing. So yet. you do the. <laughs> so the new Green Arrow spinoff, Green Arrow and the Canaries, confirmed to be set in 2040. So I didn't even know it was confirmed that it was happening yet, but they really needed something to replace Arrow. You can, I'm sure CW, you can just feel that fear right now. Um, it's already been confirmed that Ollie's dead in 2040, so... I, again, I've fallen behind on most of these. Last I saw, he was on an island that was blowing up, but obviously, three seasons later, he's lasted at least some of that. Oh yeah, dude, Russia happened, all sorts of stuff. Like, <laughs> just just all of Russia. The history of Russia happened. KG Beast? <laughs> okay, I have to watch that now. KG <laughs> Beast is terrible in every way, except the name is wonderful like i'm trying to make it sound exciting basically the news is it's confirmed to be set in 2040 okay yeah more than we knew before yeah especially on something as weird as green arrow and the canaries where nobody really knows where they're going with it so is it i'm assuming if it's in 2040 it's not the same canaries exactly all right That's all I can say. I don't. I haven't kept up on Arrow either, really. So maybe there's more hints at it than that. But I'm being a bad nerd, so. Oh no. I'm gonna catch up eventually. The show's ending. I'm gonna catch up here within the year. But Channing Tatum is co-producing an adaptation of The Max. The Max, like the Sam Keith comic book. Yes, like the Sam Keith comic book, which I know hardly anything about, but I remember the character because of the design. Yeah, I've read the first few issues. The look is really iconic. Uh... Sorry, Yui, not much for you to comment on in this one. Um, Channing Tatum has spent so much time trying to produce Gambit, I think he just needs a like comic book project to work on at all times. That's what, I like him. I'm, I'm kind of sad that his Gambit doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. I never saw him as Gambit was Me the only either, thing. but from what I heard is that he was super into it, and I like him bringing enthusiasm, and that's what I was excited to see. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he was just excited about, like, the whole uh, success that Ryan Reynolds had gotten off of Deadpool. And was like, yeah, it's my time. And then it's like, no, nobody wants this. Well, and I think he was, I think he's from uh, Louisiana as well originally. Because he talked about having that, like, Cajun hero being something that he connected to. Mm. I know, and I know he was the one pushing hard for it himself for a while. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Whatever. The Max... Hopefully it'll be cool. They don't even know if it's going to be a TV or movie yet. It's a big dream comic, so it, it gets real surrealist, which is perfect for Sam Keith art, but we'll see if it translates to live action. You know, honestly, I, I find a hard time find it hard caring about this character too much these days, but it is giant pop culture news. Uh, Daniel Craig keeps saying this is going to be his last Bond. Who cares? He said that the <laughs> last, what? Two times? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, but also he's put in a couple now, so I'll, they're ready to let him go. I'll still list Skyfall as probably my favorite Bond movie. It was just real pretty, and let's be honest, Bond movies are never as good as you, like, remember them. No. Yui, I'm guessing you're not a big Daniel Craig fan based off of this? I mean, I genuinely didn't really care about James Bond in the first place. Uh, I've seen... Skyfall and uh, the other Daniel Craig one. Casino Royale. Yeah, that that one. There was, Um, what, Quantum of 
Solace, which was I never saw Quantum of Solace. I think I saw that, and I just remembered that right now, and I have no idea what happens. It's kind of like (laughs) James Bond 1.5. It's not a movie in its own right. It's just his revenge-fueled escapade after Casino Royale. If you haven't seen Casino, it makes... No sense whatsoever. And for me, it just feels like Daniel Craig is pissed that <laughs> most people want Idris Elba as James Bond rather than him. So he's like, but pay attention to me. I'm, no, but, I'd rather watch Idris. I know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I do kind of like Daniel Craig as Bond. I just don't care as much about the characters I used to as a child. Yeah. Because I did used to care about Bond growing up. I really cared about Bond. Oh, I thought Bond was so cool. And then I would watch the, uh, God, who was it in the 90s? Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. And I'd be like, wow. Even as a kid, I'm aware this movie is not very good. (laughs) Which one was the good one? Goldeneye or the one with the stealth boat? No, Uh, Goldeneye. (laughs) (laughs) It's better than The World is Not Enough. Any movie is pretty much better than The World is Not Enough. Ooh, yeah, that's true. The film major just gave me a look that is showing that they are very aware of a lot of worse movies than what I'm just mentioning, and they like Batman and Robin as their favorite movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, I grew up watching the Adam West Batman, and I thought that when I saw Batman and Robin, they were going for the campy Adam West feel, and so I'm like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. I love George Clooney as Batman, I and mean, he's been my favorite Batman ever since, and nobody can take that from me, including George Clooney. Oh, George Clooney is so embarrassed about that movie. I, I mean, kind of feel like he deserves another shot. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think I think it was his most phoned-in role, possibly ever. <laughs> well, the uh, story is that apparently they were um, recording, and who was that? Shul, Shul? Schumacher. Schumacher. Yeah. Uh, Schumacher was like, Famous come on. Famous for doing uh, costume design, I believe, on The Wiz. Yeah. <laughs> that explains a lot. But Schumacher was like, come on, guys, we're film- or be ready, we're filming a toy commercial here, and that's got to kill any desire to work on a movie. Yeah. Um, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I think Clooney deserves another shot, though, in a big way. I think he could be an amazing Bruce Wayne. I will say, Arnold Schwarzenegger looked like he was having the time of his life. There's always one person playing a villain in a bad Batman movie that looks like they're having so much fun. I I should still have like my fifth grade school picture with me <laughs> wearing like the ice to meet you. Oh, I had the uh, Robin on a motorcycle one. Oh man, I believe I bought that at the Kmart that I eventually ended up working at. <laughs> the circle of life. <laughs> uh, Godzilla versus King Kong got pushed back eight months. Uh, that's good. That gives me time to actually get around to watching King of Monsters. It's uh, so fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm down. I'm just really bad at keeping up with modern pop culture, which is fun because I'm on a modern pop culture podcast. Yeah, it's... that's some good planning there. Oh, I'm just great at my job. It just makes everything that you do watch homework. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's better or worse. I'm still trying to decide myself. That's why I don't miss being in film school, because, yeah, watching movies was homework, and it changes how you view films. I will say that's absolutely true. (laughs) After watching a film and taking notes on it a week for the past three years. (laughs) Flashbacks to college. Uh. Uh, Did they say why it's getting pushed back, or just... No, but I'm just kind of glad in general that it is, because it was supposed to be out in, like, March. 
I prefer them pushing something back than pushing it forward. Pushing it forward always makes me nervous. I still think Solo would have done way better if it hadn't been re released so close to Last Jedi and so just abruptly. And if they wouldn't have had to spend so much more money reshooting so much of it? Well, that yeah. Too. Speaking of Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker script leaked thanks to John Boyega. Really? What? Uh, John Boyega left his script in a hotel room. It was found, thrown up on eBay, and one of Disney's web scourers immediately got on bidding that to keep their fucking secrets under wrap. Oh my god. But now, supposed leaks are starting to uh, flood certain places of the internet, so well, be on the lookout. I'm going to continue to avoid that even more. Um, I'm not a huge one for spoilers, but... I don't really want to be spoiled for this. I want to go in relatively pure. Yeah. I, I agree. Some things I do not give a shit about spoil. 80% of things I'd say I do not give a shit about spoilers. Some franchises, though, I just... <clears throat> I like to have that as part of the experience. And yeah. Now it makes me really scared to check Reddit for, like, the next month. Mm. I can't do Reddit. Like, I know there's really cool stuff on there, but there's just a few too many cesspits for me. Along with, I mean, we'll get to talking about more Star Wars later, mm -hmm. uh, but since we're on talking about some right now, Billy D. Williams has appeared to come out as gender fluid. We were talking about this just, just before yeah. coming over here. He's kind of the last person I would have expected on that, but it's really cool at the same time. So wait, I, since this is like the first kind of time I've heard about this, has Billy D. Williams like specified that they would prefer gender-neutral pronouns, or they're not no, opposed? No. Um, basically, well, I believe the quote, I can probably bring it up. I think I saved the article like I was actually looking ahead for once. <laughs> <laughs> what um, is this planning you speak of? I didn't read the full article. The, the summary I was reading from his opening quote is, I say himself and herself because I see myself as feminine as well as masculine. Uh, I'm a very soft person. I'm not afraid to show that side of myself. That's why everybody's still a little bit up in the air with... I'm currently sticking with he, although I can swap to she. We can just... From, like, a gender non-conforming perspective, like, that just, for me, feels like this person expressing, like, their... Like, I would like to not be confined to just masculinity, and so please don't limit me to that. I can go with they for Billy D. That's... Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Like, And in most cases, when referring to people whose gender you're not quite 100% certain about or how they present, you can just use they, and until they correct you, it's usually fine. That's fair. Very true. The yeah. more you I don't know. Have, exactly. I don't have anything to add. Yeah, that's... no, this is, I am... Sorry, I know that's a very specific topic for me. For I'm whatever. straight white male. I am. This is not my wheelhouse. I'm just going to roll with what you tell me. <laughs> yeah, I just... I was, thought it was super cool, though. I was like, that is very wow, cool. way to go, Billy D." Yeah. I, my favorite Billy D. Williams thing will always be Donald Glover was talking about, he got to meet Billy D. Williams and talk about playing Lando. And Donald was like, you know, I just think that, like, Lando didn't come from money, but he always admired it from afar, so he's trying to replicate what he saw as a kid and all this stuff. And, like, what do you think? And Billy D. just looks at him and goes, I don't know, man. Just be cool. <laughs> Which is just peak Billy D. Williams to me. And probably the best advice for playing Lando. Mm. Yeah. 
Don't overthink being Lando. Just be Lando. And he did it. Oh, yeah, yeah he did great. Probably my favorite part of them. Easily. Uh, we've been sort of keeping up with some of the other casting on it, so I thought I'd throw in that John Turturro has been cast as Carmine Falcone in The Batman. John T- oh, cool. do I know him from anywhere? John Turturro. You will recognize, I will bring his face up on screen. Oh, you will be one of those guys. I recognize the name, yeah. But I can't see his face right now. Oh, yeah, he was in, uh, Old Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, he's... Transformers. Yeah. He's, he's Jesus from, um... Yeah, he's the Jesus. From Big Lebowski. Yeah. It don't matter to Jesus. Oh, that is so weird. I am more and more interested in this Matt Reeves Batman. He, uh, Carmine Falcone is a uh, crime lord. Yeah, He's... is that the one where um, Robert Pattinson's Batman? Yes. yes. Oh man, after watching The Lighthouse, I'm so <sighs> fucking excited to see that. Well, and apparently his Batman voice is based off of Willem Dafoe's Lighthouse voice. <laughs> <laughs> so I will need subtitles. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm doing inside, too. Yeah, no, I can tell. <laughs> I, I just haven't seen The Lighthouse, so... Why'd you spill what? your beans? What? 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 <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, that was fun. Uh, go the, see The Lighthouse. Go, yes, go see The Lighthouse. It's weird. A lot of farting. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, The Rock has been saying that the JSA is going to pop up in Black Adam. Cool. Uh, we were just kind of talking about JSA a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so. I, I like the Justice Society. Uh, octogenarian superheroes from World War II. Like, cool. But I'm, I'm going to believe the Black Adam movie when I see it. Like, until that trailer's in front of me, I don't know if I can it bring myself to... It has been in development for so long. It, like, longer than Deadpool was. Longer than Shazam, and we've already seen Shazam. That's right. Greenlight hell is a thing. That's true. I don't, I'm just want to see The Rock as Black Adam. <laughs> so badly. I'm Evil willing to wait. Shazam. If they're going to throw in JSA, that makes me happy. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, whatever. I, it could just be him doing rock things, and I'll be happy. So. I mean, that's what the movie's going to be anyways. Yeah. Neil Gaiman has specified that there will be updates to the Sandman Netflix series... Uh, specifically that he's going to be setting it in modern day. So Morpheus will have been held captive for 110 years rather than 80. Cool. It's, I mean, as I said, I haven't read a ton of Sandman, but I don't remember anything from when it came out that felt super, like, period-specific. It has to be set in the early 90s. Right. I'm just wondering... There's one storyline that I'm wondering how the adaptation will go. And... Uh, there's a part where they go to a serial killer convention. You were talking about this in episode zero. I mean, conventions at that time were a much (laughs) smaller affair than what people think of as conventions now. Oh, so now we're thinking like San Diego Comic-Con of murder? Like, God, that that sounds like a show on its own that I probably wouldn't watch because I'm not super into gore, but other people would love. Also, it sounds super Sandman-y in a weird way. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I'm wondering about. I can't think of anything else, though, that really, like, where it being up to now would really make too much of a difference. I'm excited for the Sandman series. I just hope poor Neil still has time to work on his novel. He's talked on Tumblr a few times about how he just can't finish this damn book because all these... TV shows I keep accidentally up. became a TV producer, and all I want to do is write a book. Whoops, making mad money here. Okay. Um, 
Oh, I keep putting out all these things that people love. Oh, Terrible. God, I want to watch Good Omens again now. Right? I still never actually finished that. I know what we're doing this weekend. <laughs> and by that I mean tomorrow because I work a weird <clears throat> schedule. Good call. Star Trek Four is back on. Yeah, but they don't have uh, Hemsworth anymore. No Hemsworth. No more Kirk Dad. However, everyone else seems to be coming back. And it's under... Uh, they tapped Noah Hawley to, I think, just direct, maybe write as well. Uh, How are Noah they going to deal with the Chekhov issue? Uh, they talked before that they, instead of recasting, would just bring in someone else for that role. Mm -hmm. uh, it'd be a good way to introduce a new character without... They really liked what was Anton, Anton Yelchin, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I saw. I've only seen him in a few things. I always liked him. He was uh, a very good actor, and it was very unfortunate when he passed away. Like it was a very tragic accident, and they were real fucked up about it. Yeah, that, that cast yeah. seems to legitimately like each other, which is always nice to see. And especially with how tragic he died, like getting pinned against his own gate. Ugh. Like, oh, by his oh, Jeep, oh. right? Yeah, by his own car. Because it was during when, uh, I think it was some car manufacturer was having issues with their, their brakes failing, and his car was one of those affected, and he lost his life over it. That part I didn't know. I knew he died by his own car, but... Oh. Yeah. They could put... What was her name? The the white-skinned alien from the last movie. Jaya I something? I still didn't watch the last movie. Beyond is probably my favorite of those three. Uh, That's what I've been hearing from a lot of people, and it, it makes me really interested in actually watching it, finally. <laughs> I mean, it's still the modern Star Trek movies, but it felt more like classic Trek than before. Abrams was very clear that he wanted to turn Star Trek into Star Wars, and who was it? Justin... Justin... something. He directed one of the Fast and the Furious movies. He directed Star Trek Beyond. Um, oh, um, James Wan. James Wan, thank you. It, I think it was a lot more clear that he actually liked Star Trek while working on Star Trek. And, I don't know, the Abrams movies, I liked the first one of it, and I wanted to like the second one. I'm super intrigued with them bringing Noah Hawley on board since he was last doing, like, Legion. Yeah, Legion's supposed to be super good. I watched the first episode of Legion, it made me feel really, really stupid. <laughs> He's perfect for Star Trek, then. It made me feel so dumb. <laughs> it was so insane. Uh, I give it a lot of props. I'm going to finish it at some point, but wow. No matter what, <laughs> I'm more excited for this than I am for Quentin Tarantino doing a Star Trek movie. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, the other part of this news is that supposedly this won't bump up against that. And so that is supposedly still in whatever form it was happening before, um, is still possibly going. I'm sorry, I jumped into that knowing that Yui despises Quentin Tarantino, and they are making angry faces at me right now. Uh, I, I, won't, I won't say anything. You're allowed to say stuff. No, because <laughs> we need to talk about other things. Okay. But, uh, we'll do an episode someday where you can just yell about Quentin Tarantino. For and I'll sit minutes. in a corner and cry. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're a big fan. <laughs> I can just officiate a grudge match between the two of you. Yeah. That's okay. I don't, I honestly, I'm a fan, but I don't know if I'd be able to necessarily defend him. So <laughs> I, I spent four years uh, defending my hate against him, against my program director in film studies school. And so, so yeah, they have practiced. I can be very articulate on why and how I hate him and the specific filmic examples of why. 
I can't defend him. <laughs> I just know how his movies make me feel. <laughs> and that's fair. I don't judge. It's just I think he's a garbage human being. Okay, let's talk about Star Wars. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I. That's pretty much what I had for news anyway. So cool. We can uh, actually get on, with, uh, you know, topics. Real quick on this one, although I bet the answer in all cases is going to be Star Wars. What media have you been ingesting in the last two weeks since we last recorded? I mean, we're going to get to talking about The Mandalorian, which is, oh, you know, I, a big part of it. But The Mandalorian. But mostly, I mean, oh, I've been huge on Castle Rock for both of these seasons, and there's been some big things happening the past couple episodes, so I've been, like, Castle Rock's been huge in my mind, as well as... Uh, Good place going into their mid-season break. They're almost done. Yeah, this is their last season. Last season, very unfortunately. But oh my god, I love that show so much. And there's and then just trying to keep up on the CW shows that I have time for. Oh, and Watchmen because Watchmen's still just mind blowing. That's been your review every week. <laughs> yep, because they continue doing awesome things. I I can't even say anything from this episode just in case. But uh, let's see. I'm have not been able to finish nearly any of the stuff I've been wanting to work on, and mostly we're finishing up listening to the Harry Potter 7th audiobook, Stephen Fry version. Again, this is a yearly thing that my fiancé and I do, uh, and I have been reading Jim Valentino's Guardians of the Galaxy run from the like mid-90s. This is the original team, not... so. Space Rebels in the future as opposed to Space Criminals today. Complete other than a version of Yondu is in it. It's completely different characters. Uh, this is like peak 90s science fiction and peak 90s superheroes, so it's just all that good, terrible shit that I want to inject right into my veins. But it is it is actually really good comic books. Uh, what about you, Yui? Any, any media? I'm um, still slowly working my way through the third volume of Umbrella Academy, and what the fuck? That's uh, <laughs> Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh... Oh, uh, Gerard. Yeah, uh, yeah. Been, <laughs> sorry, we're just hitting all of my special interests right now. Uh, <laughs> And so, yeah, I've been freaking out about the My Chemical Romance reunion for ever since it happened. Uh, and so that's re-inspired me to actually get through that book. And I still have no idea what the hell is going on. Um, kind of really want to rewatch the series as well, because really like that. But besides that, I've just been watching Billy on the Street. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I saw a scene of that. I've... I have no idea what this is. Uh, you ever watch Parks and Rec? Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know Billy the... Eichner. Oh, okay. Yeah. The the guy that yells all the time. He pretty much goes around the street and yells in weird competitions. Yeah, there's the one segment called uh, For a Dollar. He'll go up to random strangers and like ask whatever. Like It's a pop culture slash like celebrity news media game show, but okay. done on the streets of New York. And he shouts at people. Um, and some of my favorite segments are when he just goes up to people and just says something like, uh, Taylor Lautner, and then, like, puts the microphone in their face, and they're like, what? And he's like, Taylor Lautner, and runs away. Uh, and it, that's the whole show. It falls clearly into that kind of, like, anti-humor form where none of, the, none of the stuff he says is directly funny, yet it's somehow mm -hmm. still 
I really like anti-humor and surrealism, so I like Tim and Eric's show. I like Eric Andre, uh, all uh, that stuff. I'm not so you need to watch some more Jafar. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, are you guys That's doing more of that? I I can't. I do like one percent of the work on that. Fair enough. It is ninety-five percent Patrick, so we're all at his whim. Just to name drop this again, uh, Jafar, or Just a Friendly Reminder, is a weird YouTube series our general Tyler performs in. Yeah, that's, like, performing is (laughs) it. I do some, I go read cue cards mostly. Uh, Maybe that's a little bit more behind the scenes than we usually talk about Jafar with, but, yeah, I mostly just go read cue cards, so. I just like to name drop it. I do, too. I'm wearing the shirt. <laughs> uh, shit, well, let's... Well, are we going to get into a save? We're, we're going to get a save in real quick, just so I don't lose any of this information that we currently have. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some Star Wars. As we discussed before, yeah. I am a monster. Uh. <laughs> it happens. It happens. So, oh, where were we at? Somebody was humming the theme. <laughs> Alright, Star Wars. I don't, do we, I don't think we necessarily have to tell the history of Star Wars like we did for Marvel no. DC. <laughs> George Lucas made it. Oh, the In a one... galaxy far, far away. <laughs> the one cool thing I liked, uh, I think it was Roger Stern convinced... Stan Lee that they needed to make a Star Wars comic before the first movie even came out. He's like, I think this is going to be awesome, and no one else did. Like, even the people in the movie didn't think it was going to take off. Uh, and it the the Marvel comic actually helped make it bigger, because kids were like, what is this thing? And then they saw the movie it poster, and like, that's the thing! We should... <laughs> Look at the thing! <laughs> I saw the thing, and there was the thing! Well, I mean, that's what Star Wars has done better than probably anything else, is they are marketing monsters that is they're to blame for a lot of stuff but i fell for it real hard uh yeah so i guess you are not immune to propaganda oh yeah that's what what do you guys remember your early experiences for star wars the very first time i remember like watching star wars like my parents took me to like a theater showing of um the one where chewie doesn't get the medal at the end new hope hope. new hope yeah, and, like, I had fallen asleep in the theater, and I woke up to the end of that movie. <laughs> and that's that's my first memory of Star Wars. You're like, wait, what's happening, and why isn't the furry guy getting a medal? Yeah, I was really pissed that Chewie didn't get a medal, and I have been ever since. Marvel did a Chewbacca solo miniseries. It's actually really good. Uh, Charles Sewell and Phil Noto. Uh, and they have Chewie have a medal in that one. And, like, give it to a kid later on as, like, thank you for helping me save this planet from the rebellion. Aww. It's really adorable. Uh, Zach? Early, early oh, Star Oh, God, Wars. I was in probably second grade when the special editions started coming out. Uh, so that was huge. Everyone was watching it. I had the... I got the special edition for Christmas and watched those movies again and again and again and again. Just always, like... Ever since Star Wars has not been part of my life, uh, I actually ran for like three years a Star Wars uh, fan- uh, fantasy flight RPG like tabletop campaign with Yui was a member of it. Oh man, I love that character. I had this uh, astromech. His name was Bimo, and B three M zero, and nice. Uh, 
They were the best little battle trash can in the galaxy because I had a flamethrower and a holdout blaster and eventually a bejeweled hut gun. Oh, it's yeah. got to be bejeweled. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I killed a hut for that. Yeah, they, they killed this baby hut and uh, the bejeweled blaster was supposed to be like their sell it for money reward. And they just looked and they went, can I just put that in inside me and i'm like well that's weird but yeah sure <laughs> i mean um, i already had a gun on like one of those little like spring-loaded arms so like okay. like you know and uh like why am i blanking on names all of a sudden I, r2 I... jesus christ <laughs> uh, uh, yeah when r2 like pops open the little door and like has a little like hand extension like that for bemo was a gun <laughs> my favorite thing about that campaign is that you invented droid religion yes Ooh. Um, all I, hail I, the data. I had... Sorry, go ahead. Well, the data is an all-encompassing program that was created by some marooned... The battle droids. Yeah, the battle droids from Clone Wars, because they just got marooned on their ship for like 30 years. And they went a little bit wonky, because their programming never got updated, and it corrupted into a religion. So it wasn't just Roger Roger anymore. No. Uh, the, all, I, the, all is home in the data uh all is compiled within the data uh i wrote a poem like i yeah <laughs> the the part that i love about this is they they finished this mission these droids had gone insane because they'd been stuck alone for 30 years or whatever it was at that point and uh they had like picked apart this ship and built like a monument like oh yeah the monolith in the middle of it yeah monolith and they had kidnapped the protocol droid that was on board these guys ship and like crucified it on there and they found a like computer port in the monolith after they had rescued the droid and they went what happens if i plug into that because i was, I was like, the I computer's person so i was always like you know i gotta find information and i was like i don't fucking know like i'll just here roll this die and they rolled real well so i gave them this i basically like, rolled a nat 20 that rolled this little acid trip for them and then gave them a point <laughs> in the lore skill and they were like, did I just invent droid religion? I'm like, yeah, sure, but I'm too lazy to come up with anything. Yeah. And next week they pop up and they have like ten pages written out. I I took BMO very seriously. So you're seriously. a good player. No, yes. better than I am, and I run the game. Um, but the point of all this is Star Wars is a huge part of just, even as an adult, daily life in our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have mean, a Padawan I, braid. Ooh. I was, I was going to say, I guess to answer kind of my own question, I've been talking about it since the first episode. Like, I don't actually remember a time when I didn't know what Star Wars was. Uh, I wish I could really, like, be like, oh, yeah, I remember watching it for the first time, but that just mm-hmm. doesn't exist. It was, I remember being babysat and seeing, like, Ewoks adventures, and I already knew what Ewoks, <laughs> already knew what Ewoks were, because I had already seen the movies. Um, I would have to imagine that I probably saw them uh, on USA Network during, like, a holiday Marathon, because <laughs> that's definitely how I rewatched them every year growing up when last, I didn't own them myself. Yeah. Last Christmas, my friend that works for the college radio station called me up and was like, "Hey, do you want to like live review the holiday special on live radio?" <laughs> so me and my fiance went and just watched that movie, which I'd never seen the holiday special before then or since then, uh, <laughs> and just responded live on the air it was a very strange but entertaining experience 
Oh, so I guess before we get too further, too mm-hmm. much further into this, I said we weren't going to necessarily go through the history of Star Wars. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine there's anybody listening to this podcast that doesn't really know what Star Wars is, but <laughs> on the off chance, like, if you had to explain Star Wars, how would you explain Star Wars? Space cowboys go on an adventure. Yeah, space cowboys slash samurai slash King Arthur myth. I was, I was specifically going to say, like, Space Cowboy goes on a specifically fantasy adventure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think George Lucas once described as, like, he was trying to to do a fairy tale in a science fiction setting, which kind of works mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but he was trying to do a space western at the same time. Well, I mean, looking at Star Wars, it's not very good sci-fi. It's really <laughs> no, good it's fantasy. it's terrible sci-fi, but it's great space fantasy. <laughs> Um, he originally actually wanted to make Flash Fantasy. He, oh, sorry, he wanted to make Flash Gordon, and he couldn't get the character rights because he'd made like two movies before that that no one had ever heard of. They're fine, but if you look, that Luke is very much Flash in a lot of ways. Han is kind of the weird prince that was played by Timothy Dalton in the like '80s movie. Uh, a lot of the characters line up to someone in Flash Gordon. Oh, if you ever get the chance. Dark Horse Comics did a comic book adaption of the original script of Star Wars. Like, first draft. Oh, oh I've been meaning before. to buy that for a while. I've got the it. The one you where can read 3PO it. is like some weird skeevy car salesman type dude? Yeah. Chewbacca is a... No, Han Solo is a giant lizard man. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the Star Killers. It's way before... There's no way Darth Vader is Luke's father in that version. Uh, it's it's a it's not good, but it's a wonderful experience in just a what the hell happened kind of way. Yeah, I've I've looked at that. I've never read it yet, but I guess for you guys, what is it about Star Wars that keeps you in it all these years later? Well done product placement when I was a child. <laughs> Robots. Wow, those are really simple answers. Uh, <laughs> I really no, is. I mean I don't mean that in a bad way, but like I was trying to think about this earlier, and I'm like. But I too could grow up to be a Jedi. I oh. mean, <laughs> when uh, when the Force Awakens came out, I was very much like re-inspired because for a while after Lord of the Rings came out, I was very much in the whole like I don't care about Star Wars, like that sucks. And so then I was at a point in my life where it was like back in my life, and I'm like I don't really care, whatever. And then I finally saw the Force Awakens, and I was just like blown away. I was rehooked like that was even though I kind of grew up like you know I always knew the characters I don't really remember watching it for the first time it was just always there and I knew I liked aspects of it but that's what made me fall in love with it again yeah like I gave a flippant answer that but honestly I've loved Star Wars since I was a small child uh, I still make fun of my dad when I was I don't know when the special editions came out and all the new Star Wars toys were coming out and I just begged him for Star Wars toys for Christmas. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. You're not going to care in six months. And I'm still like, hey, Dad. <laughs> you remember when? You remember? Uh, it's not a phase, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Let me live my truth. Uh, but, like, we have... Cece and I have Jedi robes that we wear. Also, fun fact, it's really easy to sneak box wine in if you take it out of the box and wear it in Jedi robes. Don't expose um, yourself. 
<laughs> That's what the robe is for. <laughs> <laughs> the reason we're really here, we were like, we're going to have a very like specific Star Wars episode talking about specific stuff so we don't... And we it just is talk... our first time hitting Star Wars. Yeah, there's though. no way we couldn't talk about why we love it. But the thing we're loving most right now is, of course, The Mandalorian. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. Uh, show run by... John John Favreau? Favreau. Favreau. I, I have not once pronounced that correctly. It's okay. Starring Pedro Pascal and, and a baby cute, Yoda puppet. That's the cutest thing ever. Now Gina Carano, as yeah. soon as she gets back in. Yeah, she was great. Loved her. Supporting cast and Nick Nolte. Yeah, and just <laughs> about days. every good director involved with Star Wars right now all in there. Uh... Take a Watiti directed an episode and starred as IG Eleven. 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 Uh, so I think we're gonna get eighty-eight. Sweet. Let Taika Watiti do it again. I, uh, I really hope he's just the voice <laughs> for all IG models. That um, would be wonderful. I had not known Taika Watiti till Thor Ragnarok, and now I'm just like, yep, whatever he wants to do. I still haven't seen Hunt for the Wilder People, but I've seen all the rest of oh, his stuff. Hunt for the Wilder People is so good. I want to like, see Jojo Rabbit. Oh, oh I, I guess that's the one I haven't seen too, because it's still it's playing. It's at the Roxy, it's at Roxy yeah. right now, yeah. Shout that's, out Roxy. Yeah, we love you, Roxy. But Mandalorian, God, we cannot keep on going. <laughs> hey, we're good. There's no way we can't end up talking about the Mandalorian because it's amazing. <laughs> Fucking baby Yoda. Oh my god. By the way, spoiler alert. <laughs> when we're filming this, episode four has already come out. Like, I think at this point, if you haven't picked up baby Yoda, you just don't have access to the internet in the first place. That's a good point. I, I had been spoiled on him coming out like the day before, but it was still really cool to watch. But Cece was just on the edge of the seat being like, what's opening? It's 50 years old. Is it a hutling? It's going to be a hutling. Oh, holy shit. And I was just like, this is worth every second. Like, <laughs> uh, While watching the most recent episode, like, I definitely screamed multiple times. Like, I don't know how spoilerly we want to get Yeah, it. let's do it at this point. Okay. Let's go. We're going to give a warning. This will come out a couple weeks from yeah, now anyway. anyway so. But yeah, at the end of the most recent episode. That episode came, four. Episode four. When they did the whole fake out with, like, the other bounty hunters, like, got the baby in the sights, mm -hmm. I very much screamed. I'm like, no, don't you fucking dare! <laughs> <laughs> the internet would be set on fire if that happened. I don't know how that would work, but someone would somehow physically set it on fire. Yes. No, it's true. It would happen. It, baby Yoda is the best thing mm -hmm. in the world. Is the reason for living right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, what keeps me going. Mandalorian in general, like, this... It's weird. This show is everything I've been hoping for from Star Wars for a while now. Yeah, I've been a fan of the Mandalorians since uh, the Tales of the Jedi comic as a kid is what really got me into them. And the amount of like care and effort that they're clearly putting into this is just something I never thought I was going to see. In a weird way, Mandalorians impact my first entry into the Expanded Universe in that Boba Fett was on the cover of the book tales from the empire yeah that's why i bought that one uh but fett's in none of those stories <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about that it was that book was given to me by my best friend's older brother he's like i already own this and i got an extra one for christmas i know you're nerdy <laughs> do you want this <laughs> mandalorians are who you go for when you're not pure enough to be like yeah jedi but you're not edgelord enough to be like a sith obsessive right which 
I'm total Mandalorian, like, super all for the Mandalorians, by the way. Go figure. I've made Mandalorian armor, like, literal leather Mandalorian-based armor, four times now? It's my favorite pattern for leather making, which is, like, my favorite hobby that Mm -hmm. I don't have time for. (laughs) But then I just remember reading it, not encountering Boba in any of the stories, and then returning to him and being like, so tell me about this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it kind of just went from there, and then... Kind of what you were saying, Yui, uh, like Force mm-hmm. Awakens, I was suddenly like, oh, sweet, like Star Wars is rolling again. of like, oh my gosh, this is why, yes. And at the same time that that was happening, I was super deep into watching spaghetti westerns and samurai movies. Oh, man. So this must be so beautiful and satisfying. So like, that's the only downside is that I've been able to guess some things because of the tropes they're following. Yeah, yeah no, they are very much following to the letter all of those like old Western tropes, the samurai movie tropes, and I guess it is that callback to kind of the more direct inspiration of how the original films were made and inspired because, you know, you have the direct link to Kurosawa. And I still haven't seen those films and I have been meaning to actually watch them lately just because of how deep I've been getting into Star Wars and especially now with The Mandalorian being how it is. Like, um, I have Seven Samurai, okay. so we can watch that. I was but told I've never to seen watch, any of the others. I was told to watch um, Hidden... Hidden Fortress. Hidden Fortress first. Hidden uh, Fortress is basically a new hope in a weird way. That's the one <laughs> that the, the two main characters are like these two peasants in R2-D2 and C-3PO are based off them. Yep. Uh, because George Lucas is many wonderful things, but the most original creator of all time, no. Uh, and uh, one of the early considerations for Obi Wan was Toshiro Mifune, oh, which I would have that. been. I mean, incredible. I I love who we got, but oh, that would have been so good. Yojimbo is just almost perfection on screen, but mm-hmm. and he is magnetic. Uh, but yeah, so this is kind of perfect for me because I was like, oh shit, it's, they gave me a Star Wars Western. Yeah. What? Not and then sort we're, of Western, but just It's a Western. western. And then you're also getting like, I mean, episode four was Seven Samurai slash Magnificent Seven. Yeah. The only thing that bugged me about episode four was just like the color coding, like mm. with uh, the villagers being all blue, and the Raiders being all red. And I mean, I get it, color theory, whatever. And it makes it easy to delineate between like, oh, these are the good guys, and this is the bad guys. But... I did find the color a little jarring after the first three episodes were so, like, gray tone. And that's, I think, why it bugged me so much, is because it was such that direct, like, okay, obviously these guys are good because they're blue and cool tones, and then the Marauders are red and... And that's my biggest issue with episode four. That's a, that's a pretty manageable issue to have. I'll say that. Uh, I thought... I that reminds seen... me of the issue I had with one of the episodes. Okay. But Tell... it, wasn't, it wasn't the same kind of color coding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jawas were natives, if we're going by the tropes. Yep. Yep. Oh dear. I mean, that was kind of there in the first place. Like, mm-hmm. when we were first introduced to Jawas, that's how they were kind of coded. And coding is a thing in Star Wars. We're all very aware of that. Like, yeah. Or at least yeah. we should be. Like, And that was uh, the thing. When I noticed it was a Western, I'm like, oh, somebody's going to be the natives. Who Are they going to land on sand people mm-hmm. or are they going to land on Jawas? 
and I kind of would have preferred sand people. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now you're making me uncomfortable about the scene, understandably, very rightly so, but at the same time, I loved that <laughs> him getting wrecked by the sand crawler was so funny, and now I feel really bad about that. No, uh, it was... Hey, it was inevitable if they're going to keep to the tropes. Yeah. <laughs> I made peace with it episode one. <laughs> I, I like Harry Potter. I'm okay with your fave is problematic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, good things. Yeah. Um, I just, I had to, if we were going to oh. talk about the Mandalorian, I had to bring that no, up because that's... I ran across that in episode three and I was like, hmm, that's weird. Yeah. Not quite a critique, but while we're on the not as great parts, if you want to watch the ultimate like version of Seven Samurai have to train peaceful villagers to stop raiders, I don't think anyone's ever done it better than Samurai Jack's Jump Good episode. And I just just wanted to get that out there. I was going to say that the anime is Samurai 7. I heard really good things. I never saw it. I used to own it, and I don't know who ended up with my copies of it. Mm. God, I have so many movies like that. Uh, fantastic though and is weirdly I actually on the website in the old fried squirms archives I have like an hour long rant after <laughs> uh, The Last Jedi came out where Samurai 7 is one of the big reasons why I love The Last Jedi so <laughs> uh, I don't know that's weird I'm not going to go way into that right now but it is good so <laughs> weirdly along with maybe I know I'm not the only one catching it because I've talked about this with a few other friends, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts on mm -hmm. it. Even though it's falling into the Western tropes and samurai tropes, all that, anyone else feeling like it feels like a video game? What do you mean? Especially like the first two episodes leading up to him getting like the Beskar armor and stuff, but it kind of just feels like you're taking a semi-linear action RPG with <laughs> the Mandalorian as your player character. You can kind of yeah. see it. There's level one, level two. Your reward is another piece of armor, which I love that any any scene in the like foundry where the lady is making armor was my favorite part of the first three episodes. I want, I want so much more of like... The underground Mandalorians and the armor. And... I'm really curious what the deal is with that because uh, Mandalorians appeared a lot in Star Wars Rebels, which is a super undersold show. I mean, See, and that's the thing, I haven't hit Rebels yet either. I'm missing some stuff. First season's a little slow. Second season takes off pretty good. Uh, plus, they get James Earl Jones and Billy D. Williams to and play their original so characters. so beautifully. Like, it's worth it to slog through the first season because that ending is just fantastic. That's what like, I keep hearing. Oh my God. It's definitely coming up. I'm uh, still getting through Clone Wars, mm -hmm. to be completely honest. That's yeah, that's fair. Uh, but what I was going to say is the Mandos appear a lot in that one, and they have different rules. They take off their helmet, like, all the mm. fucking time. Yeah. But the guy that ran Rebels is involved in this show as well. Oh, yeah, um, Dave Fiolini? Yeah. Filoni. Filoni, yeah, sorry. Well, he, he's, what, like, damn near keeper of the lore or whatever. Didn't we yes, mention this before? Like, Probably the most important person in Star Wars right now other than maybe Kathleen Kennedy just because she's like the boss of bosses at Lucasfilm. But he's involved in both shows so there's no way that there's not going to be like... He's thought it out already. Yeah, there's there's no reason... Wait, there's not a reason why some Mandalorians can take their helm and some can't. Okay. Beyond, it's a cool idea. This is the way. This is the way. It is the way. <laughs> God. I have used... No, I've used, I have spoken way more than this is the way, but. 
feel uh, like it's going to get said at a lot of events. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> With the popularity of Baby Yoda, do you think this starts to lean more into Lone Wolf and Cub? I haven't been able to unsee it since you asked me that at work. Uh, do you know what Lone Wolf and Cub is? No. Okay. Lone Wolf and Cub is a samurai comic, samurai manga uh, by, I do not remember who did it. Oh, I should, because since I just read like 300 also, pages of it. but He also did Blade of the Immortal. It's a very, he makes very violent, very realistic, realistic in air quotes, mm-hmm. uh, samurai comics. Uh, and one of them, Lone Wolf and Cub, is about an assassin who wanders around with a baby in a carriage and, like, the baby shoots poison darts at people sometimes. Like, that makes it sound way funnier than it is. It's, like, the darkest, most serious Some comic, of them are really funny. It's really good. It's some of, I think, some of the best Japanese comics I've ever mm-hmm. read. The, the pacing is very reminiscent of, like, Samurai Champloo. Okay. Uh, and the carriage is awesome. It's way more pimped out than just that. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like metal bottom so that he can like flip it over oh, as man. defense and stuff. There's all sorts of cool <laughs> shit going on. The 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 push handle mm-hmm. breaks apart and there's blades hidden in there so that he's always got a blade on him and shit. Like <laughs> it's it's hardcore. Mm-hmm. I and the kid helps him out sometimes, like pretending to drown in pools and shit yeah. to like lure in who he's Oh, it's great shit, but I'm hoping some Lone Wolf and Cubs going on. Cause... They, they need the floaty thing again. Like, at some point, they're going to have to figure back. out something for Baby Yoda to move a little quicker, because it's going to be hard to go through a lot of stuff with that. He needs to get the floaty thing and take it into the armor. Yes. <laughs> Put some rims on it. <laughs> <laughs> Jack it up a little. Some, some hydraulics. Get some my LEDs. Right. Exhibit's going to oversee all of it. And for some reason, there will be a DVD player in the back. Yes. Not Blu-ray, though. Nope. We, we don't fuck with Blu-ray. I'm all over the place when I'm thinking um, about Mandalorian. Baby Yoda is perfect, and I love him. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. How about Pedro Pascal acting through that helmet? Yeah. Holy shit. The, like, I, I, sorry, go ahead. It's just so good. I, I know a lot of it's the music because it's, you can... Because Ludwig Gornson is killing it? Yeah, because they're, they're doing great. Uh, but there's tight. definitely a surprising amount of what he can do with just like a head tilt. And it keeps making me think Marvel is always like, no, the superheroes can't wear their masks. You wouldn't be able to tell anything. And fucking Pedro Pascal is just like... Glaring at We've them. We've seen his... his wrist. And <laughs> he's shown more emotion than all of Thor one. <laughs> I'll toss Thor two in there at the same time. He yeah, has yeah. outdone two out of three Thors in four episodes of a first season. Go Pedro Pascal. <laughs> I know eventually, because they've made a big deal of the fact that the helmet doesn't come off, that the mm-hmm. helmet's going oh, to come off. Oh, yeah. It like, has to they're come alluding off. to it too much for it not to happen. And that's going to make me sad for the character, but it's going to make me really happy to see Pedro Pascal. (laughs) It'll probably pay off really well. I mean, the John Favreau is really good at making a reliably entertaining series. 
Like, why did you gasp there? Sorry, I just had this really <laughs> sad thought of, like, when they finally have him take off his mask. It's going to be when he has to tell this baby that it's like, you have to stay here or, like, you can't come with me anymore and I'm going to fucking cry. <laughs> Sorry, I have a lot of really strong feelings about Baby Yoda and I don't want him to be hurt in any way. No, that's fair. That, that's fair. Show's done a very good job at manipulating us all. <laughs> so do not feel left out there. I feel as connected to Baby Yoda as I do my cat. <laughs> I, I do keep thinking that John Favreau is going to steal that because he, he admitted that he's like, I learned from, uh, did the first two Hellboy movies, uh, Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. that if you do real effects instead of CGI, you can take the toys home with you and put them on your desk. <laughs> Uh, um, and apparently he keeps the razor, the, the, the ship, on mm. his desk already. I'm like, well, brilliant <laughs> son of a bitch. There's no way he's not stealing Yoda. That's awesome. I just, I'm wondering, I'm kind of wondering, it's weird looking this far ahead, but I'm wondering how it's going to end. I'm wondering what the eventual payoff of this <laughs> could end up being. As long as it's not till like 2035, I'm Does he become Mandalore? <laughs> Do we run into a Boba Fett? I feel like eventually we're going to have to get more of a backstory drop on Baby Yoda to, like, I don't know. I'm really hoping that that's going to be episode five, because there's just too many questions now of, like, well, why does everyone want him? Like, why, like, I mean... Metachlorians. Yeah. I mean, I know that it'd be, like, the last of, like, the potential Force-sensitive things that would be out there and it would be a very big find because we know that this baby does have the very large potential for that force ability and we've seen that demonstrated my like headcanon fan theory is that the empire is trying to create their own like sith answer to the jedi i mean they gotta be fucking terrified of luke skywalker and there's barely any of them left Ooh, this would go before the movies this is, what, five years after Return of the Jedi? So Luke would be just just starting his academy, I think. Maybe taking on, like, his first students. Ooh, well, does cause... that mean we would get, like, potential <clears throat> glimpses of that in Mandalorian? It's at least possible. I don't see it happening personally, but... Mm-hmm. With them seeming like they're trying to extract something from Baby Yoda and the idea like maybe they're trying to make something, that ties into one of the theories that I'm mostly going for for Rise of Skywalker, where we find out that, first of all, we know that Anakin... Ray was made? Not just Ray, but Anakin originally as well. I think they were both genetic experiments. Mm. Well, we know Anakin mm. is. Like... Because Darth, what should we call them? Darth uh, the Wise. Plagueis. Plagueis. Yeah. No, no. Uh, the one that Plagueis talks about, his master. The the tragedy of Darth so-and-so the Wise. Doesn't... No, no, you're thinking of Sidious, and oh, he's talking shit, about right. Plagueis. Plagueis. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's my The idea. tragedy of Darth Plagueis That's Star Wars fan. <laughs> uh, we, we know Anakin was made by Plagueis, so maybe the Empire, maybe Werner Herzog wants to create, like, a little Werner Herzog with horse powers. No. And... <laughs> And maybe that's Rey as well. Maybe that's what a Skywalker is. Is she's a Skywalker, not in the sense that she's family, but that's that she was created. Name? Yeah, Project Skywalker. <laughs> I don't know if I love that or hate that. That's great. Uh, 
I really don't want Ray to have some like deep connection to the previous characters. I don't think every character needs to be. I think that's the only connection I would like. I would not be disappointed if that's what it was. I I wouldn't mind it, and especially having like I don't know if it's just like the one upping of like fuck you to the previous director, but like with uh, Rain Johnson being like you're not a Skywalker, and like directly referencing that in the movie, and I. I mean, I hate Kylo Ren. I fucking hate him. And I hope he doesn't get a redemption arc. I really, really, really I hope really he doesn't. I really kind of hope he doesn't get a redemption arc either. No. No. Let bad guys be bad guys. Although he might be my favorite Sith on screen so far. I mean, yeah. He's a cool that villain. not a Sith. Cool villain. Or favorite dark side user. Yeah, fair enough. He's yeah. the only one giving in to his emotion. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. The weird, like, punching himself thing in mm-hmm. the first one. It, it makes no sense, but it looks real cool. Like, and even very his little, intimidating. his toddler <laughs> lashing out shit, like, yeah. I actually really dig seeing that in a dark side character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the uncontrolled, like, unrestrained, like, fury. Like, that is cool. And then his unrestrained struggle with, like, but I want to be good, I guess. It's like, no, I have to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really hope he doesn't get a redemption arc yeah, either. Fuck, like, fuck Kylo Ren forever. Uh, anyway. Uh, apparently this was supposed to be General Leia's movie originally. That she was going to be like such a huge part and finally wield a lightsaber and then she died and J.J. <laughs> Abrams had to like rewrite the whole fucking thing. And cry. Oh god, that had to be... I mean, I have Princess Leia tattooed on my leg. So we're a, we're a Carrie Fisher family here. <laughs> okay, sorry to get us distracted again, but my favorite... Uh, Carrie Fisher anecdote that I have is one day I went on Twitter for like the first time ever and was like I hope Carrie Fisher's having a good day and she liked it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. My general. My favorite Carrie Fisher anecdote doesn't really tie to Star Wars but the very first movie I ever sat and watched with my little sister who's 23 years younger than me so mm-hmm. she was like little baby and I yeah. was holding her and was Blues Brothers. Aww. Uh, she was engaged to Dan Aykroyd for a yeah. while. Wow. Do you guys have any? I don't really have. I, I'm all scatterbrained about The Mandalorian I still because it really is I just truly have a million questions. hitting on everything that I've right. wanted for Hit so me long. With your top question. <laughs> What's the thing you want almost other than like Baby Yoda? Like, yeah, beyond Baby Yoda, I just want to know like, obviously, we have the seeds of why the Mandalore does the things he's doing currently because he has that like war orphan history taken in by like these people and like given a new life and so he feels like the need to do that for this thing and it's nice to see the depths of what he will go outside of what we're supposed to feel like his hero archetype is supposed to follow um but it'd be nice to have more information on why he's so willing to do this for this baby like we have those very small little glimpses of why he's doing this but not a bigger reason for that motivation to finally do this now, even though he's been such a great bounty hunter for his entire career. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. My What I want to know is not nearly as deep as that. I just want to know who <laughs> Michelle Yeoh's character is going to be, because I love Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> no apologies. I mean, she's awesome, yes. 
what I want to know is kind of shallow too. I I want to know what other cool little things that he's going to get installed into his armor. Yeah, I'm super into after the, the whistling bungholes. <laughs> I couldn't remember the real name of them. I was just Birds? Joe Dirt was stuck in my head, so I'm like whistling bungholes. <laughs> You're a classy man, Tyler. Uh, uh, yeah, I had, I had all these things I was going to talk about. Instead, we're just like Star Wars, but that's that's fine. That's life for me. I know. Oh, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I feel like this series is so great in how it's giving you all those mysteries to keep you engaged while still being the spectacle that it is, but drawing you back with all those, like, I need to find out what the fuck is happening. And then we we got Obi-Wan series coming up. Oh, yeah, that's coming out soon? Or they soon. start filming soon, I think. And that's the one where Ewan McGregor's back? Yeah, yep. Ewan McGregor's back, yeah. and he talked about having to lie for, like, four years, being like, nope, not happening, guys, and no one believing him. Yeah. And I don't know if she's showrunner or just going to be one of the main directors, but the director from this last episode... Bryce Dallas Howard? No, from oh. two episodes oh, ago. Oh, two episodes uh, ago. Uh, Deborah Chow. Oh. Is, like, one of the main names on the Obi-Wan. Nice. Nice. Also, yeah, the fact that... Oh, yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard. That was yeah. insane when I saw her name in the credits. <laughs> no, like, I I really liked visually how it was beyond the whole, like, color-coding issue that I had with it. But, yeah. It made ATSDs look threatening for the first time in their existence. Agreed. I was like, oh, this is why they use those. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> This makes so much more sense. And then I had a really weird moment in the middle of the episode, though, where I felt... I had this weird noticing where, like, all these stories in Star Wars that we follow for the most part, I started kind of weirdly noticing how privileged all the people we've been following are when I started thinking about, like, these farmers yeah. can barely get from town to town. Yeah. We and we think really about seen... things on a galactic scale so often, and... We've never really seen, like, the Firefly level of Star Wars in quite this way before. We've also never seen a happy village in Star Wars before. <laughs> That's true. With Pillboy. Yeah. From Good Place. That was distracting me the entire time in the village. I'm like, it's Pillboy. <laughs> There's been such good cameos in this show, too, so far. Brian Posehn in the first episode. I know, right? Didn't he write Deadpool for a while? Oh, I think he did. I mostly think of him from uh, Brutal Legend. Also, Steven Universe, where he voices Sour Cream. Holy shit! Yep. Oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> and Devil's Rejects, and that's... <laughs> <laughs> the man's got range, let's just say yeah. that. For having no range. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've listened to that one song he did, so yes, that's true. <laughs> also, this podcast has made me think that sometime in the future we are going to have to have another completely Star Wars episode where we just talk about Last Jedi. Oh, we're going to have a <laughs> yeah. lot of just Star Wars episodes. Let's be real that's, honest Okay, here. that's very that's very true, especially since there is a new movie coming out in like a month. So, under a month? Under a month. I'm going to cry in 19 days at this point. It should be out by the time this episode's out. Whew. Yeah. Prepare for tears. Find my Jedi robes. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Hopefully by that time, too, we're going to be better about our web presence, so you'll know exactly how we feel. We just launched to Facebook today. We'll get, we'll get there, guys. I, I'm, I'm throwing this as much on myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, any last thoughts on Star Wars before we move on to our last bits? I love it. Yeah. I'm going to watch some Star Wars stuff tonight. I think about uh, R2-D2 a lot because I, I really love all of the robot characters. Like, every single robot character is my favorite. I loved um, the Rogue One droid whose name I'm blanking on right now. Uh, I just always think of him as Wash. K2? Yeah, K2SO uh, was fucking wonderful, and I definitely cried when they killed him. Oh, it was a And, scene. yeah, it was... Uh, and just all the robots, I love them. Droids are the best characters in Star Wars. HK-47 is one of my favorite characters in anything. Meatbags. <laughs> Triple Zero is amazing. Yeah, uh, the uh, in the Darth Vader and Doctor Afra comics, there are it's BT and Triple Zero, mm-hmm. and it's a, a protocol droid redesigned for assassination, uh, who's obsessed with like stealing people's blood, and oh my uh, gosh, a. It's, uh... It's a campaign that we did yeah. um, <laughs> in D and D because D and D are monsters, and then the other one is an R two unit. Designed for mass warfare, so he's just like loaded with like missile launchers and everything, and they just go around murdering. <laughs> and that shouldn't be good, but it's so good. It's so good. Oh it's my god! It's like if Bimo and uh, the other ruse droid. Oh yeah, uh, in the campaign, someone or one of the gun runners they worked with had a protocol droid that had been reprogrammed to be a bodyguard, and they had just like taped on a bunch of disruptors onto his arms. And uh, it was the most neurotic character I've possibly ever made, but he was so much fun. Oh, sounds like a blast. <laughs> I miss that campaign so mm. much. Side um. note, if you ever get the chance, the Star Wars Fantasy Flight System tabletop games, Fantasy Flight's the company, Star Wars license, obviously, is probably my favorite tabletop RPG of all time. Oh, shit. It's like better than regular D&D. A hundred times. I, will, I hate the D20 Ooh. system. It's so limited. You don't have to do math with this. You just, like, cancel out I symbols. not doing math. Yeah. Yes, it's the best. Although my kid taught, or my, my kid, my friend taught his kid basic arithmetic using D&D. And I'm just like, oh, you are dad goals. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, awesome. Yeah, Star Wars, you love it. We love it. If you're a nerd, go watch more dumb. of it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and probably going to fall under that line. Any recommendations for this week? Oh, my recommendation. Yeah. Okay, I got a recommendation. Go watch Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Everybody, it's so amazing. I've gotten into it recently because I'm a bad nerd and I'm behind. But I still haven't finished it, but I've been re-going through it with my girlfriend because I got her into the bit of it that I've gone through. And that's been just super fun. The show is... Oh, not what I expected, and super prescient about some things, and talking about a lot of stuff that uh, sometimes the show is actually kind of hard to watch because it mirrors a lot of what you sort of see in the media at times nowadays. I think that the example I really like to give is there's an awesome conversation uh, where the newly f- the president of the surviving colonies is asking for help maintaining order amongst the ships that survived and is reaching out uh, to the admiral, our captain, uh, about getting military assistance. And he turns her down because, uh, how does he put it? The police are there to protect the citizens. Uh, The military is there to attack enemies of the state. 
too often when the military becomes the police, the enemies of the state become the citizens. Oh, thanks, 2019. Uh, yeah. That connects disturbingly well. But, uh, but it's so good because it wasn't <laughs> written in 2019. This is all... Uh, I love hate when TV shows are prescient. Uh, this has all happened before. It'll all happen again. If you've seen Beastar G, you know exactly what <laughs> I mean. Uh, that's my recommendation. What about you, Yui? Any, any media, movie, TV, music, whatever. Just what's something good that people should enjoy? I mean, right now I've really been listening to a lot more music lately than uh, watching movies or reading. Uh, so I've been really getting into, oddly enough, a lot of rap. So uh, I recommend The Buttress, 070 Shake, also Ash Nico. I learned been two new things today. Getting into a lot of really angry girl rap. It's great. <laughs> Uh, I am going to lean mine towards Star Wars because I just love the expanded universe. I love the current one. I love the old one. Both are actually really good. Uh, so two, one from each. Uh, the original Tales of the Jedi from Dark Horse in the mid-90s. Um, I think Kevin J. Anderson originally wrote them. But yeah, it's they came out before the prequels came out. And it was just them making up what Star Wars was in the distant past. Uh, you see early versions of... The Mandalorians, you see the first meeting between the Republic and the Sith, uh, a whole range of stuff. KOTOR and the Old Republic borrowed heavily from them, but changing the style. Really fun, mm, really good. <laughs> uh, it's the first time you ever see a double-bladed lightsaber in any kind of Star Wars thing. Awesome. But the big one I'm going to put, because they'll be way easier to find right now, is any of the Star Wars written by Kieran Gillen. He wrote Darth Vader when it first came out, and he wrote Dr. Aphra afterwards. Uh, and Dr. Aphra was kind of his beautiful creation, who is a... Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana Jones, if Indiana Jones was shittier. And Indiana Jones is already kind of shitty, let's be honest. I love him, but... Kind of shitty. He's got terrible morals for an archaeologist. Really good at um, punching Nazis. Yeah. We'll back him up for that. <laughs> uh, but what if angry... Lady Indiana Jones worked for Darth Vader to do his, like, black ops stuff with a droid assassination duo. It's wonderful. It's funny. It's intelligent. Uh, yeah. She runs into Han Solo. Oh, God. And he's terrified of her. It's perfect. Uh, and you, you all at home couldn't see it, but I was nodding my head enthusiastically through most of what he was the saying. The whole time. <laughs> Okay, Yui, thanks so much for coming out and being our first guest. Yeah, yeah. thank you for so having exciting. me. We're so official. Uh, is there anywhere where people can find your work, stuff you do online? Um, Advertise yourself. Uh, well, I don't have any like podcasts or videos, but you can find my art at Fun House Designs on Facebook and Instagram, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, you can find Tyler at Fried Squirms, you can find me at here, or of course, thumbs up The Art of Zach Johnson on Facebook as well. And it's easy to get to those two things through the website, earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com, generalnerdcast.com, or specifically for the Fried Squirm side, if you like hearing my voice, that's friedsquirms.com. We'll put a link to Yui's art page on the this show episode. notes of this easy. one. Yeah, check it out. Super easy. They do super cool bone stuff. Uh, 
I'm going to brag them up because I know they want themselves. Uh, I hate self-promotion. I just heard bone stuff. I am now super interested. Oh, yeah. It, okay. <laughs> Anyways, in the meantime, General Nerdery is produced and edited by Tyler Rees. We're your generals. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. Dismissed. Oh, just, damn it, I was going to remember. <laughs> <laughs>